Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Have you noticed virtually every single day leading up to the general election, the media create a controversy focused on Donald Trump, nothing on Joe Biden. A 90-page report comes out on Hunter Biden, that he's a crook, that he's taken millions and millions from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow, millions from China, millions of Burisma. The media dismiss it. Oh, this is old news. No, a lot of it actually is not old news. But Biden's not in the crosshairs. No big deal. Every single day, they try and concoct a controversy about the President of the United States. And then the media just press it and press it to the next concocted controversy. Now let me set the table here. Who is it that's changing election laws in the battleground states? Is it Republicans? No. It's the Democrats. The Democrats are doing it by executive fiat where they control the executive branches in these states and they're also going into courts, state and federal, cherry-picking judges and courts, and getting rulings that are favorable to them. You don't have to have a signature. Signatures don't have to match. One state, the ballots can be counted as late as two weeks after Election Day. If they're not dated, you still have to accept them. On and on and on. This is going on in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and now Minnesota. So, none of that is discussed by the media. None of it's discussed on cable TV. It's just not. 
And it's in play right now. Who is it that's hired over 600 ambulance-chasing lawyers? And did it a month ago. Positioned in all the battleground states and all the counties to litigate. The Biden campaign. Who is it that's threatening rioting in the streets if they don't win the election? Who is it? Those are Biden voters. Who is it that's trying to crash the system with mail-in votes, knowing full well that many of these states are not going to be able to properly handle this sort of thing, and they haven't before? That's the Democrats and the Biden campaign. Who's gaming the system? Well, they had advisors and never Trumpers meeting a couple months ago, playing out every scenario to ensure that Biden would never concede and Trump would never win regardless of the ballots. The Democrats have been doing this. Who announced that Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances? Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when you look about the peaceful transfer of power, is that what happened in 2000? Did Al Gore accept the result in Florida? The peaceful transfer of power? Sure as hell didn't. He went into court. And this is the the blueprint that Biden is using times a thousand. He cherry-picked the most Democrat counties with elected Democrat judges and tried to overturn the results in Florida. Remember all that? Sure you do. Bush versus Gore. It's the Democrats in 2016 when they couldn't stop Trump by putting spies in his election and a phony dossier and all the rest of it who did not accept the peaceful transfer of power in 2016-2017. Not the Republicans, the Democrats. And so now today, tonight, tomorrow, the next day, I'm sure Chris Wallace will regurgitate this. Uh, Are you not going to accept the peaceful transfer of power, Mr. President? Despite everything I've just told you. Everything I've just told you. What the president is saying is, now wait a minute, we've got all this going on that I just described to you. I've got to see what takes place. I've got to see what takes place. And of course the Republicans, McConnell's an idiot, he jumps in, there will be an orderly transition. There still hasn't been an orderly transition from 2016. You got Rubio in here. My view, we're going to have a free, fair, and legitimate election in this country. Boy, is he gone rhino, Mr. Producer. I guess he's blind to what's going on. Of course, they go to SAS. It's unthinkable, an unacceptable transition of power. Where the hell has SAS been during this whole Russia collusion and FBI scandal? Nowhere. Has he defended the president once? No. Romney chimes in, unthinkable, unacceptable. They don't even comment on what the Democrats have said and done. It's really quite amazing. Here's what the president said at a press conference yesterday. First of all, the question, as they try and set him up, then they just push and push and push to try and create a narrative. 
Cut, one, go. Mr. President, uh, real quickly, win, lose, or draw in this election, will you commit here today for a peaceful transferal of power after the election? There has been rioting in Louisville. There's been rioting in many cities across this country, red and your so-called red and blue states. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transferal of power? Now, let's just stop there. So already implicit in this question is rioting. Who is threatening to riot, ladies and gentlemen? Members of the National Rifle Association? Members of any of the pro-life groups? Conservative organizations? Not one of them. It's Black Lives Matter. And Antifa. And Democrats. They're the ones who keep threatening. Go ahead. Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. I and, understand that, but and, people are rioting. Do you commit uh, to making sure that there's a no, peaceful transfer of See, people are rioting. Don't you understand, Mr. President? You have to give up, no matter what. You have to lose. We in the media, we Democrats, we have all kinds of traps set for you in one battleground state or another. With the mail-in voting, with the absentee ballots, with the late counting of ballots, without signatures, even without postmarks, without signatures matching. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait, we're going to do harvesting in some of these states now. So you can't win. Don't you understand, Mr. President? It's impossible for you to win. We've got it all set now. So do you commit here today that you will surrender? Go ahead. Get rid of the ballots and you'll have a very trans- we'll have a very peaceful there won't be a transfer frankly there'll be a continuation uh, the ballots are out of control you know it and you know who knows it better than anybody else the democrats know it better than anybody else and so remember how all this started like back in april when nancy pelosi just decided we're going to push mail in ballots we're going to make it part of the relief package remember that mr reducer all of a sudden out of left field everybody what the hell is she talking about well she took the virus tried to push what the Democrats have wanted state by state and then to impose it nationally on every single state, states that are not even prepared for this. She would wipe out all the state laws, all the state requirements, all the state deadlines, all the state protections for mail-in voting. And this is what they've been pushing. And now they are pushing it with lawsuits. The Democrat Party in Washington, D.C. and in the states, you're not aware of this. They're bringing lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit to undo the protections that are in place, to force counting well after Election Day. That is exactly what they're doing. And then they go to the print. Well, you accept a peaceful transfer of power? Unbelievable. And then we get this headline from the Associated Press, which has really been bad, 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 bad. Trump won't commit to peaceful transfer of power if he loses. Trump on Wednesday again declined to commit to a peaceful transfer of power if he loses the November 3 presidential election. So the media are now fueling the flames for riots and violence beyond what you've seen after the election. The media are doing it. The Associated Press is doing it. They're all doing it. Because the narrative has been set. 
If Trump is winning on election night, if he's winning on election night, he cannot declare himself the victor because we have all these mail-in ballots to count for weeks. Litigation galore on signatures, no signatures, same signatures. It's going to make hanging chads look like a joke. The Democrats are specifically, intentionally creating this scenario. And if they count for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and then they declare, hey, the Democrats won in Pennsylvania. How the hell that happened? Look at all the votes they found in, in crooked Philadelphia. And Trump doesn't accept it. Then you see he's a dictator. So he's a dictator either way. That's the narrative. I keep telling you this, and I know I'm right. That is the narrative. Will you accept a peaceful transfer of power? They say to the President of the United States. Why don't they go to Joe Biden and say, why do you have 600 lawyers ready to litigate? Why have you pushed for mail-in voting in states that you know can't handle it? That are not set up for it? Why are you and your party going into state and federal court to water down protections to ensure that there isn't fraud and to extend deadlines? Why are you doing that? Who is it that's trying to change? Listen to me. Who is it that's trying to change state election laws one state after another 40 days before the general election? Who is it that's trying to change existing law passed by state legislatures in these battleground states at the 11th hour? And why are they doing that? It's a setup. The whole thing's a setup. So when you hear McConnell and Rubio and Sass and Romney, you're about to throw up on your shoes. Of course we're going to accept the peaceful transition of power. The response should be, of course, we will accept this peaceful transition of power, which the Democrats refused to do in 2016. But first, we have to make sure there is a transition of power, given the institutionalized corruption and vote fixing that's going on in these states. Are you aware of this, McConnell? Sass? Romney? Rubio? Do you have any idea what's taking place in at least five battleground states right now? Are you paying attention? I think a lot of these guys want Trump to lose. I really do. Some of these guys are salivating for 2024. They want to run for president. And they would rather run if Trump crashes and burns. The Democrats are in for four years destroying our country. And then they can run against the Democrats saying, look how they destroyed our country. In the meantime, you and I have to live with the results. You and I have to live with the results. So I think a lot of these guys, you're going, what the hell's going on? Are positioning themselves for 2024, and they just assume run against the record of the Democrats, then run in 2024 after eight years of Trump. I really believe this. Because if you have an IQ over four, and you can see straight, you see exactly what the Democrats are doing right now. State after state after state. And if you don't, all you have to do is listen to this show I'm making it obvious what they're doing. I'm looking at what they're doing at the lawsuits and so forth. I'll be right back.
Folks, I have something serious to talk to you about. I don't have to tell you that we're in a fight for the soul of the country. One side in our country claims that America was founded on banned principles and built on oppression. They've even put together a distorted history of America, the New York Times 1619 Project. The other side knows, like you do, that our country's done more to achieve and advance liberty than any other in history. The best way to fight back? Teach the truth. Today, we can learn the true story of America from the college that's better at teaching it than any other, Hillsdale College. My friends at Hillsdale have put together a great free online course called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And folks, that's just what we need right now, hope. So get inspired. Sign up today for free at levinforhillsdale.com for Hillsdale's course on the glorious history of the last best hope on earth, America, and share it with others. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Just remember, the media participate in these plots. The media was very much involved in trying to undermine the Trump campaign and then uh, was opposed to and fought the peaceful transition of power. The media. And then they tried to remove Trump by hook or by crook. So it's the same media. Day in and day out, tries to create a controversy that Trump said things about the, the military. Trump said things about the virus. Uh, Trump said things about the election. Meanwhile, Joe Biden hangs out like a homeless guy. Uh, and, uh, and that's about it. You wouldn't know that there's two candidates running in this race. You wouldn't know that the Democrat Party has raised enormous amounts of money from billionaires mostly for the purpose of buying off votes, overwhelming states, changing election laws, and preparing for riots. That's the Democrat Party. Here's Hillary Clinton on Showtime's The Circus just a few weeks ago. Cut four, go. We have to have our own uh, teams of people to counter the, the force of intimidation that the Republicans and Trump are going to put outside polling places. This is a big organizational challenge, but at least we know more about what they're going to do. And, you know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because... I think this is going to drag out, and eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch. There you go. Did Joe Biden denounce this? He wasn't asked. Did Joe Biden offer to denounce this? No. And yet they asked Trump. Let's hope Chris Wallace is paying attention, serious attention to what's going on here, and can deal with this honestly. I think he can if he focuses. I'll be right back. Folks, I have something serious to talk to you about. I don't have to tell you that we're in a fight for the soul of the country. One side in our country claims that America was founded on banned principles and built on oppression. They've even put together a distorted history of America, the New York Times 1619 Project. The other side knows, like you do, that our country's done more to achieve and advance liberty than any other in history. The best way to fight back? Teach the truth. Today we can learn the true story of America from the college that's better at teaching it than any other, Hillsdale College. My friends at Hillsdale have put together a great free online course called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And folks, that's just what we need right now, hope. So get inspired. 
Sign up today for free at levinforhillsdale.com for Hillsdale's course on the glorious history of the last best hope on earth, America, and share it with others. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Radio Free America on the Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. I want to be very blunt about something. The Democrat Party is turning this country on its head, whether it's elections, it's the Supreme Court. Their pundits and their newsrooms, their athletes and their sports owners, Their networks have been promoting rioting. They deny it, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're promoting rioting, they're promoting violence, and then they'll gently say, but of course we oppose rioting and violence and so forth. And that's what they have Biden doing. But they're counting on it. They're trying to intimidate us. They call this a historic moment. It's not a historic moment. It's an outrageous moment. An outrageous moment. I want to remind you, there was a piece in the New York Times by Ben Smith not that long ago, a column, column, as it was uh, summarized in Breitbart some time ago, about, uh, about a month and a half ago, by Joel Pollack. Democrats' war game for election includes West Coast secession, possible civil war. This is something Chris Wallace should have in front of him, the New York Times piece. The bulk of Smith's column is devoted to the question of how the media will handle election night coverage, given the result may not be known for weeks. Vote by mail, which many states have only recently adopted, ostensibly to prevent the spread of the coronavirus in the polling places, which is ridiculous. If you go buy bread, you can go vote could lead to an uncertain result. However, buried near the end of Smith's column is a report that Democrats have participated in a quote-unquote war game in which they considered several possible outcomes of the election. In one scenario, John Podesta, the former chair of Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign and a leading figure in party circles, played former Vice President Joe Biden and refused to concede the election. The result... The threat of secession by the entire West Coast, followed by the possible intervention of the U.S. Armed Forces. Quoting from the article, quote, but conveniently a group of former top government officials called the Transition Integrity Project, and by the way, we now know that is a left-wing front group with Obama people involved and funded by the left, actually gained four possible scenarios, including one that doesn't look that different from 2016, a big popular vote win for Biden and a narrow electoral defeat, presumably reached after weeks of counting the votes in Pennsylvania. It wasn't a narrow electoral defeat. Trump had a very sizable electoral college uh, win, and they, they ran up the popular vote in California. For the war game, they cast John Podesta, who was Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, in the role of Mr. Biden. They expected him, when the votes came in, to concede, just as Mrs. Clinton had. But Mr. Podesta, playing Mr. Biden shocked the organizers by saying he felt his party wouldn't let him concede, alleging voter suppression. He persuaded the governors of Wisconsin and Michigan to send pro-Biden electors to the Electoral College. 
Governors can't do that. It's up to the legislatures. In that scenario, California, Oregon, Washington, then threatened to secede from the United States if Mr. Trump took office as planned. The House named Mr. Biden president. The Senate and White House stuck with Mr. Trump. At that point in the scenario, the nation stopped looking in the media for cues, waited to see what the military would do. Ladies and gentlemen of the press, and Chris Wallace, you're the moderator on Tuesday, this is what the Democrats have been gaming since July. This is what they've been gaming since July. So the idea that yesterday and today the question would be whether or not Donald Trump would accept the peaceful transition of power is a grotesque diversion. When the Democrats are practicing, practicing for scenarios that they will possibly trigger should they lose the election. They're in the states changing election laws with litigation and through executive orders. One party is doing this. They're threatening violence in the streets. They're surrogates in Hollywood. They're surrogates in professional sports. Even some of them, they're threatening violence in the streets, AOC and others. You're not hearing Republicans talk like this. Republicans didn't start going into uh, courts to try and change the election laws to help or accommodate the Republicans or the president. They're trying to defend the status quo, the laws that have been passed. The media are contributing mightily to the destruction of our institutions, including themselves, but the destruction of our institutions, including election night. So each day it's something else. Did you hear Trump said that the Marines who fought in World War I in France, they're losers and suckers. 27 people come forward, named, say no he didn't. Then they're on to Bob Woodward. He lied to the American people about the seriousness of the virus. Then we're on to election. Trump won't agree to peacefully transition out of office should, should Biden win. What's next? What's next? And of course they ignore completely and utterly the information that comes out about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And Joe Biden sits there and says, look, I didn't know anything. So is rope-a-dope the defense now? Your son's making millions and millions of dollars. Millions and millions of dollars from foreign governments, foreign entities, foreigners who were in high position in the past. And his father doesn't know anything, doesn't even... Hey, Hunter, how'd you get that house? Where'd you get that car from? Meanwhile, he's on Air Force Two with his father when he goes to China. Not once, but several times. Anybody buying this? And yet the media dismiss it. No big deal. No big deal at all. We've got anonymous sources at the Atlantic going after Trump. We got the usual hack Woodward going after Trump. Now we're going after Trump. Well, he will not peaceably accept the transition of power. The Democrats are plotting to steal the election. And they dare, dare to lie to the American people about what's going on in this country. Like an organized group, the media and the Democrats mimic each other, repeat each other's statements. 
And so the media have concocted a phony issue here. And then the Democrats repeat it. They're all out there repeating. And then the media report what the Democrats say. So they get a couple of news cycles out of this. A couple of news cycles out of this. Let's pretend I'm the moderator. You know, uh, Vice President Biden. John Podesta is a Democrat, a very seriously uh, embraced Democrat. He worked for Hillary Clinton's campaign. He worked for Bill Clinton. He's involved in your campaign. And he put together a group a couple of months ago. And they were plotting and planning on war games, they called it. On how to ensure that you would be president of the United States, regardless of the outcome of the election. What do you know about that? And when it came out publicly, it's been public. Why didn't you condemn it? Why are you and your party in courts throughout the battleground states trying to change the election laws? Extending the voting period, eliminating signature requirements, or postmark requirements, or the the, um, the comparisons of signature, pushing out ballot dates, all really at the 11th hour in key states. Why are you involved in that if you say you care about the outcome and the integrity of the election process? Why do you have 600 lawyers on hand to litigate if you're prepared to accept the outcome of the election? This is all public information, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm contending if it's not used, that it's not used intentionally. Mr. President, you've said many times that you may not accept the peaceful transition of power. What do you mean by that? Why wouldn't you? And the answer should be, it's not a matter of accepting the peaceful transition of power. In 2016, you and the media and the Democrats refused to accept the peaceful transition of power. We need to make sure that the American people, that their franchise has not been tampered with. We need to make sure that what took place in these states at the 11th hour, the changing of voting requirements by litigation from Democrats and the Biden campaign didn't undermine the outcome of these states. And so this may take a little bit of time, not because of anything we're doing in the Republican Party, not because of anything I'm doing. I want to ensure that this election is, is an election of integrity, that every vote counts that's supposed to count. I didn't create this anarchy. The Democrats did. And so once we are satisfied, I'm satisfied, the nation is satisfied, of course I will accept the peaceful transition to power, unlike the Democrats in 2016, unlike the media in 2016. I'll be right back. Mark Folks, I have something serious to talk to you about. I don't have to tell you that we're in a fight for the soul of the country. One side in our country claims that America was founded on banned principles and built on oppression. They've even put together a distorted history of America, the New York Times 1619 Project. The other side knows, like you do, that our country's done more to achieve and advance liberty than any other in history. The best way to fight back? Teach the truth. Today we can learn the true story of America from the college that's better at teaching it than any other, Hillsdale College. My friends at Hillsdale have put together a great free online course called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And folks, that's just what we need right now, hope. So get inspired. Sign up today for free at levinforhillsdale.com. 
for Hillsdale's course on the glorious history of the last best hope on earth, America, and share it with others. That's LevinforHillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Let me ask you folks a simple question. A political party that talks about destroying the Supreme Court, packing it if it doesn't get its way, that talks about destroying the Senate, packing it with Democrats, so you have one party rule for generations if it doesn't get its way, talks about eliminating the filibuster rule that's been in place literally for a couple hundred years in order to ram through legislation if it doesn't get its way, talks wildly about impeaching this guy or that guy if it doesn't get its way. For months, encouraged the violence, the looting, and the arson in the streets through their mayors if it doesn't get its way. Strongly supported, if not contributed to, bail for violent rioters, including those who assaulted police, if it doesn't get its way. Do you think they're going to follow the rules when it comes to the election, ladies and gentlemen? Meanwhile, Donald Trump and the Republican Party have filed the rules. They have called for law and order. This is how the left, through their propagandists and the media, twist and turn and pull things inside and out. The law and order party, the law and order president, who follows the rules, who follows the rules. He is being accused of being a dictator, in advance. In advance. The Democrat Party is a diabolical and evil force in this country. And it has been for a long, long time. A long, long time. Including now. Now you might be saying to yourself, man, this is all depressing. How the hell are we going to win? Then we see this Fox poll that has Trump behind in Pennsylvania. And he's behind in, I don't know, they have three seats way behind. And then I told you about a Washington Post poll yesterday that said Trump is ahead in Pennsylvania. He's ahead in Arizona. And one other state I can't remember. I don't know what the outcome of this election is going to be. I am asked by everybody. It's quite annoying, actually. Friend, foe, neighbor. So, Mark, what do you think the outcome is going to be? Why does it matter what I think the outcome is going to be? Like if I say we're going to win, that means we're going to win. My answer is always the same thing. Fight! Fight! Make sure family members are registered if they're going to vote for Trump. If people want to mail-in vote, make sure they get the mail-in ballots. If they want to absentee vote, make sure they get the absentee ballot. Sit at your desk. Sit on your bed. Get on your phone. Call your family members. Call your friends. Call your acquaintances. You can make a difference in this election. God, you really can. You've got to listen to me. There are tens of millions of us. They're not expecting you to do these things. Well, they riot in the streets. And burn stuff down. We need to organize. You can do this. I know you can do this. 
We've done it before with the Reagan Revolution. We've done it before with the Tea Party movement. We've done it before in 2016 with the Trump Revolution. We need to do it again, but we need to do it much more resolutely and aggressively and broadly. You can do this. You can tell the Democrat Party and these judges and the media to screw off. Mark, what can I do? What can I do? What can... I never get that. I get, Mark, what can we do? The issue is, what can I do? What can you do? I'm telling you what to do. I'm not asking you to go overseas, leave your family and your jobs and fight a war. I'm not asking you to do what the left does, go into our cities and burn them down. I'm asking you to be a peaceful, patriotic citizen. Who takes what we have, the damn iPhone, or whatever device you use, or an email, or a text, or whatever you want, and make sure people are voting. There's early voting everywhere right now. Or if they're going to come out on election day, keep track of them. Make your own list. You don't need a list from the RNC. You don't need a list from your state party. You're the boss. You're the boss. That's what We do, that's what you do. And then we will win. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Now... You heard me talk about the wargaming of the Democrats who have no intention of peacefully transitioning and accepting a Donald Trump victory. And they don't believe they're leaving anything to chance. They are in courtrooms in the battleground states. They're using the Democrat governors in the battleground states. They're changing election dates, ballot requirements, signature requirements, matching signature requirements. Uh, postmarks, all at the 11th hour, and all of which assist the Democrats and Joe Biden. And I've been insisting and arguing that the Republican state legislatures in these states, and most of these battleground states actually have Republican legislatures, both chambers, need to pass resolutions pointing out that this is not the law, and that law is what the law is, as was passed by the legislature, under Article 2 of the Federal Constitution. And they need to do this quickly. And so you can see the mayhem that's being created. You can see the mayhem that's been going on in the streets with the rioting. You can see the mayhem that's being uh, threatened by the Democrat Party. And now we have more evidence of this. In a piece that just broke in the Washington Examiner. By Quinn Hillier. I want you to listen to this. Just broke. Leftist group plans a massively nasty campaign against Trump's nominee. So it's one party, one ideology, 
whether it's going after Kavanaugh, whoever the Trump nominee is, trying to destroy the Supreme Court, destroy the Senate, destroy the legislative process, destroy our major cities, destroy law enforcement. This is all the Democrat Party, all of it. It feels like 1860 all over again when you read your history. Here you go. On a late Thursday afternoon conference call, that would be today, of the left-wing group Patriotic Millionaires, group president Erica Payne urged activists to work against a coming Trump Supreme Court nominee by, quote, making this an unbelievably painful process for Senate Republicans, unquote, and, quote, kicking the F out of Democratic senators who won't fight hard enough. Saying that Democrats are showing such weakness as to be utter BS, Payne acknowledged that the nominee almost certainly will be confirmed, but, quote, the question is whether we can extract any flesh and bone in the process, unquote. Payne then turned the call over to Adam Gentleson, J-E-N-T-L-E-S-O-N, who served as Deputy Chief of Staff to Democratic former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid in Nevada. If you don't think these rioters, these organizations, these millionaires and billionaires on the left aren't coordinating with elected Democrats, then you're smoking something. So that Gentleson could explain the strategy and tactics the group is urging Democratic senators to adopt. The strategy outlined in a letter the group plans to send to all Democratic senators would involve gumming up the Senate works in several ways in order to cause, quote, a massive headache, unquote, for Republican senators who want to be in their home states campaigning for re-election. You know, what is sad is there aren't enough patriots in this country to rise up and defeat these bastards by a massive landslide. Specifically, they want to block the Senate from adjourning next Tuesday, repeatedly demand quorum calls that will force at least 55 Republicans to be in the Senate chamber to conduct business, and in the Senate Judiciary Committee completely boycott all hearings related to the coming nomination. So these patriotic millionaires, men of the people, women of the people, don't you know, they now are going to control the United States Senate, control the Democrat Party, control the Senate Judiciary Committee. Quote, says the former deputy to Harry Reid, we need to help senators do some things that are out of their comfort zone but are necessary to save this country. Both he and Payne repeated numerous times the refrain that Democrats cannot let the media portray the coming confrontation process as, quote, a normal one, unquote. Do the Republicans even understand what's going on? Quote, I think I manipulate the media better than anyone else on this phone call, Payne said. You hear that? Then by way of example, claiming credit for the infamous 2011 ad that portrayed Republicans throwing a wheelchair-bound grandmother off a cliff. Let's see if both the media and the Senate Democrats take kindly to efforts to manipulate them in such contemptuous fashion. Well, Quinn, of course they do. Because the the media will be participating in this. 
And their goal is to manipulate the American people. And again, the news cycle. So these bomb throwers in the streets, in the Capitol, in these organizations, and in the media, they create the havoc, the violence, the rioting. They undermine our traditions and our customs. They eviscerate the constitutional order and threaten to eviscerate it even more. And then they come to the American people and they say, Donald Trump is so divisive. Donald Trump won't unite us. Donald Trump won't accept the outcome of an election. Donald Trump's not fair. Then we get polls to reinforce it. The American people would rather have Biden appoint a Supreme Court judge. The American people think Biden would handle the coronavirus better. The American people think blah, 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 and blah. The way you fight this is not to curl up in a fetal position in your house or your apartment. The way you fight this is to make sure that part of your daily routine up and to and through this election is not just going to work, but picking up your phone and making sure the people in your inner circle, family, friends, and some people in your outer circle, neighbors and colleagues who you happen to see, if you get a sense of how they're going to vote, you make sure that they vote early and or on election day, depending on the situation. You can't sit this out. You can't ride this out. You can't sit back and say, well, there's going to be tumult on election day. What are we going to do? You got to do something before election day and on election day. I don't know how else to, to persuade you, because most of you are not activists. You're happy to talk at the dinner table. You're happy to talk back at the radio or at the TV. You're happy to talk to a few people in your family who agree with you 100%. You've got to move beyond this. What do you think happened in the American Revolution? What do you think happened in the American Revolution? You are Levinites. You're listening to this program for a reason. You want more information than any other host is going to give you. You want to understand history. You want to understand freedom. You want to understand your country, your constitution, your declaration. You want to understand what came before. You want to understand what's coming now. That's why you're here. I can put on 50 guests. Or I can just go through the websites and superficially hit topics. Or I can be Henny Youngman and cut jokes left and right. Look, I'm a little of all that. But more than that, I have spent my life fighting for and defending liberty as a lawyer, as a grassroots activist, and as a broadcaster, and as an author. Everything I do is intended to save this republic. For our kids and our grandkids and generations yet born. I believe that's why you're here. I believe this, that's why this is such a successful radio program. So whether you're listening to me on terrestrial radio, AM or FM. Whether you're listening to me on my podcast. Whether you're listening to me on a radio or other devices. A handheld device. Whether you're listening to me on streaming 
whether you hear me live or you hear me tape delayed or whether you hear me tomorrow, please hear me. Please hear me or we're going to lose everything. Everything. It doesn't have to be that way. We need to crush these bastards. And we can. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. You know, when I consider the battles that our our men and women fought, when I consider the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, all those wars, World War I, World War II, Korean War, the Vietnam War, Iraq, Afghanistan, and so many other wars, when I think of how many patriots died for this republic, then I think about how they're all disrespected by the basketball players who would never put their lives on the line, by the football players who would never put their lives on the line, by the sportscasters at ESPN. When I watch the people on cable TV comparing this president to Hitler, who my family members fought, they think they're funny. When I listen to how people, minorities, carefully selected to trash our country, not minorities who love this country, minorities who are carefully selected to attack this country, made hosts on MSNBC and CNN, contributors and guests, the most radical among them, when I hear what they say about our country, then I think about all the minorities who have fought in our wars. Because they love this country. When I think about my father, my grandfather, my great uncle, in Iwo Jima, and Guam, and Guadalcanal, the men who hit the beaches on D Day. When I think about the Civil War, Thousands and thousands of deaths. Every battle. Brutal. The Revolutionary War that went on for eight and a half years. You understand the Democrat Party 
and the media in this country dismiss all of it. Rather than us being portrayed as we should be, as a righteous people, as a peace-loving people, as a freedom-loving people, as a people who want the best for one another, as a nation, given this incredible diversity, how we used to get along prior to the last six months, and how most of us still do. When you consider that there is a political party, that there are individuals in this country with an immense amount of money, that there are people in the streets who've become common criminals, that that is, in fact, the heart and soul of the Democrat Party. You have to wonder. You have to wonder how this election could even be considered close. You see, we don't always have to agree with one another. You don't always have to agree with what the president says or how he says it. But there's no doubting he loves this country. There's no doubting he loves our military and our police force. There's no doubt he wants to protect our faith. That he rejects anti-Semitism and racism. That he reaches out to minority communities. Whether it's the black community, Hispanic community, the Jewish community, whatever the community. Donald Trump is a righteous man. He's a quintessential American. They try and tear him down the way they try and tear us down. The way they try and tear the country down. They unleash prosecutors against him. It's incredible. Why? Because he's president of the United States. Can't wait for an election. He's a man who came from outside the government. Who has shaken things up. And shaken things up in a way that has been very helpful to this country. Joe Biden never talks about his son Hunter. He only talks about his son Bo. And he uses his son Bo to argue for government-run health care. I can use my father, my great-uncle, and other individuals in my family who fought in wars and who died terrible deaths to tell you that they would never want government-run health care for everybody in this country. But what Joe Biden cannot do is stand on his own two feet. Everything about him and his campaign has been orchestrated. Do you want to know why he hasn't been campaigning? It's not because he's tired. It's because they are trying to get him to memorize one-liners. Chris Matthews has put out the subject areas. They're trying to get him to memorize one-liners that will draw the attention and headlines of the media as he attacks Donald Trump. The guy has been a debater his entire life. Even with half a brain. He'll know how to debate. And he will have his lines memorized. I'm telling you where this is going. But for you, he turns to Trump and he says, 200,000 or more Americans would be alive. But for you. You can hear that. That'll be a headline because the media want it to be a headline. What it ought to be 
is a disqualifier for President of the United States. It's so horrific of a lie. And you'll hear things like that. More and more of it. And Biden will go as low as he has to go. Ask the Bob Bork family. Ask the Clarence Thomas family. Ask all the people he has harmed and slandered during his long, pointless career. We've had men and women who have died for this country. They didn't die for Black Lives Matter. They didn't die for Antifa. They didn't die because they hated the cops or hated the military. They didn't die because they, didn't, because they wanted the government to take over all the private sector industries and massively tax the people of this country. They didn't die so the borders could be open for illegal aliens to get free health care. They didn't die for anything that's being promoted right now. They died for that flag that these athletes don't respect. They died for that national anthem that these athletes don't respect because the anthem and the flag are unifying symbols of this country. I'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. This Sunday, I know it's a little early, but I want you to keep this in mind on Life, Liberty, and Levin the entire hour. The Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, and we're going to cover a lot of territory. Every time I finish an interview with the President of the United States, the Attorney General of the United States, the Secretary of State... Every one of them says, this is the best interview ever. Why? Because I let them speak. And when you cut out the commercials, it's 40 minutes. 35 of those minutes is theirs. And I tell them that going in, this is about the public wanting to hear what you have to say in response to my question. So I'm going to ask you a general question so you can answer. I am not there to mud wrestle. I'm not there to use somebody who's hawking a book to quote them. I don't care about them. My goal is to provide you with information through them. That's the point. That should be the point of a debate, too. I've never understood why we have to have these so-called news people as moderators in a debate. I mean, I was the first one to argue, not eight years ago, 12 years ago. Do away with these media personalities who get involved. Because they have an agenda. They want to be viewed as, while they were tough, but fair. Who cares about them? They're there to facilitate, not to dictate. And so, I don't understand this presidential commission. I don't understand so-called news people being moderators, I'm against it. The greatest series of debates in American history were the Lincoln-Douglas debates. There were no moderators. There were no quote-unquote news people. They were the greatest debates in American history. Probably because those people weren't involved. You know, seeing the check engine light turn on can give anyone anxiety. But now that I have CarShield, I don't worry about that anymore. CarShield offers a wide range of protection plans 
that can save you thousands for a covered repair, which means that check engine light is a lot less scary when it comes on. You have the freedom to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield gets the rest taken care of. Even if your car breaks down while you're traveling, the choice of a repair shop is still up to you. I used to dread car repairs on our uh, 2010 Camaro, but with CarShield, we have peace of mind. Get coverage today. See why CarShield cars go farther. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, mention code LEVIN, or visit carshield.com, carshield.com, use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to save 10%. That's 800-CAR-6000 or carshield.com, code LEVIN, a deductible may apply. The president, it's another amazing thing. president's out there, he's meeting the people, he's among the people. I don't know how much longer Joe Biden can use this virus as an excuse, but that's what he's doing. He takes questions from a hostile media. Joe Biden only takes questions from a uh, Praetorian Guard media. Mostly yes and no answers. Mostly attacking Trump. No tough questions. This president's out there. This is the way a a, a Republican is supposed to work. He's among the people. He's taking questions. He's vibrant. He's confident. He's charismatic. Joe Biden. You know what Joe Biden looks like to me, Mr. Biden? I don't mean to be rude when he's walking. With like he's got a horrible case of the hemorrhoids. He's kind of shuffling in. His eyes are, are, are squinting like he's in enormous pain. I, ha- I have to go. I have to go. All right, the restroom's over there. Let's dip in and listen to the President of the United States in Jacksonville, Florida. Go ahead. Well, it's going to be a big deal. We're doing it on the... We're doing it at the White House... The Rose Garden of the White House. Unless it's raining, in which case we'll still do it there. That's okay. It's beautiful, the White House. So beautiful. We love the White House, right outside the Oval Office. And, you know, uh, they don't want us to do it. The Democrats say, you shouldn't do it. Why? We have a lot of time. Let me ask you the one simple question. If it was them instead of us, do you think they'd do it? Talking about the Supreme Court. Now, this will be a very talented person. It will be a woman. I'm sorry, man. It will be a woman. All right, ready? Who would rather see a man? Oh, that's trouble. Try it again. Who would rather see a man? That's not good. Who would rather see a woman? I think it would be, really, I think it would take tremendous courage. I don't care how great the man is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to tell you that Jim Fitzgerald, and then you would see a lot of very unhappy faces, right? My opponent refuses to release his lists of potential justices because they will be handpicked by extremists like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, sometimes known as AOC plus three, right, AOC? And one of the three, I think, is Omar, right? But they'll pick the person. So if Biden does that, if he puts an extremist into that position, he loses everything that's like normal. 
And if he does the other way, he loses the left. So he doesn't want to give a left. I'd love to have him put up a list. I'd like to see what that... I could see what that list would be. I could already tell you the people on that list. It would not be good. It would not be pretty. You would not be happy. That would be the end. If given power, Biden and his supporters would pack the court. You know, they're talking about packing the court because we have won races. We have won. Uh, I'll tell you what. So this will be my third. And we're in great shape. You see the, do you see what's going on with the Republican Party, how unified the Republican Party is? Right? Now we're unified. It's a beautiful thing to say. Thank you, Mitt. Thank you. Appreciate it. Even Mitt's on board. Even Mitt's on board. No, it's, uh, it's a good thing to see. Having a unified party. Of course, when they did the impeachment hoax, we had 197 to nothing in the House and 52 and a half to a half. That was Mitt. But that's okay. I'm no longer angry at Mitt because he's being very nice on the Supreme Court. He's doing, he's doing the right thing. I just want him to do the right thing. But they want to pack the court. You know what that means? They want to put on a lot of justices. These are things that are just horrible. I guess we could do that too, right? We could do that too. But remember, it was Harry Reid that made this all possible. You know, they're angry at us. Listen, Chuck, crying Chuck. You know what crying Chuck is? Chuck. Every time you complain, remember, it was Harry Reid, your person in charge. He had your job before. It was Harry Reid who made this all possible. Thank you very much, Harry. I hope you're enjoying your evening. <laughs> no, they blame us. Harry Reid gave us the power. Nuclear option. Thank you, Harry, very much. But he wants to pack the courts, Supreme Court, with radicals who will terminate the Second Amendment, confiscate your firearms, eliminate the right to self-defense, strike under God from the Pledge of Allegiance and all other places. Tear down crosses from public spaces and force taxpayers to fund extreme late-term abortion. These far-left justices would release violent criminals, shield foreign terrorists, impose sanctuary cities, and declare the death penalty totally unconstitutional. Hey, it will be totally unconstitutional. They want to declare it unconstitutional for even the most depraved mass murderers. And it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. They came to my office today at the death penalty at, for clemency. I said, what was the crime? The crime was so horrible that I won't tell you what it was, but it's been going on for 21 years or so. The crime was so horrible that this person committed that I said, look, I just can't talk about it. It was so, it was so horrible. And that's usually the case, usually the case, like the Boston bomber. And by the way, they want to give votes to prisoners, people in prison. They want to give us. So we immediately Bernie Sanders did. Bernie, There's no question Bernie. about that. Bernie is, I'll tell you one thing about him. He's the greatest loser I've ever seen. <laughs> no, I mean that in a respectful way. Because what they did to him with Hillary was bad, but this time was even worse. Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren would have left the campaign one day before Super Tuesday. Bernie, with her ideology, basically, because she's a radical left, 
and she was really fresh to him, but she was really fresh. How bad was Elizabeth Warren to Joe Biden? There's only one person that was worse. Who was worse? Kamala. I said, he'll never, this shows you my great instinct, my great knowledge of politics. I said, he will never pick Kamala because no human being has been treated worse but than anybody than Kamala. Remember, she, she called him a racist. She called him xenophobic. She called him all sorts of things. She called him things that were so bad, I can't say them. I can't say them. But she called him a lot of things. I said, well, she's out. And then he picks her. She picks her. And well, you always pick people going up, not going down in the polls. You know, if I were going to pick, and by the way, how good is Mike Pence? Is he great? Yeah. Okay, he's a rock. He's a solid guy. Now you listen to the president. He is so knowledgeable, informed. He knows how to connect with his audience. So he's entertaining and substantive. He really is. Which is why they say he lies all the time. He lies all the time. Again, in an attempt to, uh, uh, to undermine him and to besmirch him. Uh, but he doesn't lie. What he's doing here is he's campaigning the way American candidates campaign when they want to be president of the United States. He's not hiding from the virus. Uh, the the uh, vice president, former vice president, he's using the virus as an excuse. Uh, he, he, uh, he's trying to memorize his one-liners. I promise you that's what's going on. That's why he's not campaigning. They have to work him and work him and work him. When it comes to health care, say this. You'll watch. When it comes to the virus, say this. Uh, when it comes to the rioting, say this. This is, Don, this is Don, Donald Trump's America, all the rioting. Yeah, right. Got it. We'll be right back. Well, this is fascinating from Reuters. Democrats in the House of Representatives will introduce a bill next week to limit the tenure of U.S. Supreme Court justices to 18 years from current lifetime appointments in a bid to reduce partisan warring over vacancies and preserve the court's legitimacy. The new bill seen by Reuters would allow every president to nominate two justices per four-year term and comes amid heightened political tensions as Republican President Donald Trump prepares to announce his third pick for the Supreme Court after Bader's death. It would save the country a lot of agony and help lower the temperature over the fights for the court that go to the fault lines of cultural issues and is one of the primary things tearing at our social fabric. Now, here's the interesting thing. This is very, very similar to what I have proposed in the Liberty Amendments. Very similar. I honestly suspect they got it out of the Liberty Amendments. So I am not knee-jerk opposed to this, per se. I am not. I will need to look at it very carefully. I do know this. You can't change it by statute. It's a lifetime appointment. You've got to amend the Constitution. So I don't know where that's coming from. But in any event, unless it's a proposed amendment to the Constitution... Uh, They can do whatever they want by statute. But I am not necessarily opposed to this. Uh, Of course, it would affect the great justices and the not-so-great justices. 
but it's definitely something worth looking at in terms of a constitutional amendment. That is, term limits for Supreme Court justices. Now, there's not a single Supreme Court justice that will agree with me. I already know this. I proposed it first in Men in Black many, many, many years ago. I reiterated it and kind of fine-tuned it in the Liberty Amendments. It probably needs to be fine-tuned even more. And the article does point out some legal observers, including those who favor term limits, say they must be accomplished through an amendment to the Constitution. And of course, that's true. That's absolutely true. My proposal was 14 years. 14 years. But that said, uh, I'm not necessarily opposed to this. It has to be done the right way. Um, And it is interesting that left-wing Democrats would take an idea in my books. I'm not the only one with this, but I'm the only one who's really fine-tuned it. And come up with it, and come up with it now. So don't knee-jerk oppose this necessarily. But they definitely need to amend the Constitution. You can't do this sort of thing by, uh, by statute in terms of term limits. The number of seats on the court uh, can be set by statute. The, uh, the length of service on the Supreme Court, anything short of a lifetime appointment, cannot be done by statute. It requires a constitutional amendment. So I've been watching these riots, Lexington, all of it, it's, it's sickening. It's sickening. Anytime people disagree, even when they're wrong, they take to the streets. John Locke once said, law is not to abolish or restrain, but to preserve and enlarge freedom. Where there's no law, there's no freedom. You want to let rioters burn down your cities? There goes your freedom. You want to get rid of the cops? There goes your freedom. You want to elect Joe Biden? There goes your freedom. As you've heard me say many times, on this program, we have a liberty agenda. And at Levin TV, which airs on the Blaze TV network, you can watch this come to life with our conservative pro-American content that reveres our Constitution and champions our individual freedoms. This is what we do. This is what I do each and every day. And there's never been a better time to check us out. Never. Just go to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial. That's right. We're going to give you a full month of Levin TV and all the other great shows on the Blaze TV network at no cost to you. But only if you sub- uh, subscribe right now. That's LevinTV.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com, LevinTV.com. We have two interesting guests in the next hour. Two individuals who are rarely on this program. One who's never been on this program. So I think you're going to want to Remain engaged here. Lindsey Graham's going to be on the program. I know he's on Sean's program almost nightly. Not so here. I want to talk about the Supreme Court. I want to talk about his race, which is treacherously close. And whatever you think of Lindsey Graham, we cannot afford the radical leftists to get elected to the Senate, and that's who's running against him. My attitude now is all hands on deck. This is a different kind of election. It is a different kind of election. Chuck Schumer must not be the, the uh, Senate leader. Or we're going to lose big chunks of this country. My second guest is an individual who I didn't always get along with, and he didn't always get along with me, but actually I met him 
in person. We spent time together with a few others a few months ago. And we kind of hit it off. Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly will be on this program later in in the uh, third hour as well. So stay with us. All kinds of stuff going on here. All kinds of news crossing the desk. And we'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman... Lindsey Graham, how are you, sir? Well, thank you, Mark, and I hope they can't trace this call, call to your hidden bunker. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm very well armed, I, sh- I should tell good, you. <laughs> good, good. But in any event, Virginia, we still have a Second Amendment, but they're working on uh, killing it. Uh, Senator, a couple of things before we get to the Supreme Court. I want to know about your, your uh, election, your race. I don't know a lot about it. Is it getting close? The opponent well, you're running yeah. against is a radical. I know that much. Tell the American yeah. people what's going on. Well, number one, my opponent called Hillary Clinton his mentor. Mm. And that, uh, no, excuse me, uh, Nancy Pelosi was his mentor, and Hillary Clinton was his inspiration. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that I'll tells say. you where he's coming from. And uh, all I can tell you is a DNC staffer uh, who's got $300,000 helping them a year. So he signed up for their agenda, and this is about what direction the country will go. Now, why are they spending all this money in South Carolina? I hope you're sitting down. South Mm. Carolina is structurally a Republican state. Trump won by 13. I won by 14 the last time I ran. What's happened? Kavanaugh. I stood up for Judge Kavanaugh. They were trying to ruin his life. I fought back. I pushed back. I think I spoke for a lot of people listening uh, to this radio show tonight that they were treating him very poorly. And I'm glad it blew up in their face. And I've been consistently supporting President Trump because he beat me, and I want him to be successful. The unpardonable sin, Mark, is to support President Trump. Mm-hmm. So they, the liberals hate me for Kavanaugh. They hate me for Trump. My opponent will be raising in South Carolina between 80 and $100 million. He was the number Jeez. one candidate. Listen, he's the number one candidate on Act Blue in August. Uh, Tell everybody month. what Act Blue is. Act Blue is some that kind front of group. They, yeah, what they do is they've raised 150 million dollars for Democratic candidates since Judge Gins, Justice Ginsburg passed. They've raised tons of money. He got six million dollars in 72 hours from Act Blue after the passing of Justice Ginsburg. Uh, I've gotten three thanks to Sean. People like you. The bottom line is uh, they're outraising me four to one, outspending me five to one, in one of the a very solid conservative state. That much money does have an effect. So what do I need? I need people listening to your radio show. If you can afford five or ten bucks, 
go to lindsaygram.com and let's close the gap. I raised three million. He raised six. Your listeners could help me close the gap. Now, what do I need with the money to make the case that he will take the country down a road uh, of Nancy Pelosi's making AOC, that he will not be a reliable vote in the Senate? He is against conservative judges. He's for liberal judges. He's for the Green New Deal. He's for Medicare for All. He's for making D.C. a state. He would change the rules of the Senate. Uh, he would expand the court. Other than that, he's a great candidate for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I need to make the case. He spent $5 million, Mark, on TV ads for a single week starting tomorrow. That's 130 ads for every South Carolinian in a seven-day period. I'm on the about a million and a half. So if people could help me, lindsaygram.com, I'm going to take every dollar you send. I'm going to put an ad up on television saying that I support the president's nominee. Whoever she will be, I'm going to fight for her. I'm going to support her, and this matters. It absolutely does matter, and uh, they're trying to pick you off and some of these other senators off, and I can't imagine a Senate with Chuck Schumer as the majority leader. I mean, it would just be absolutely – listen, I'm a constitutionalist. Yes. Right. Here's the parade of horribles. AOC and Pelosi, and she's really in charge, and Schumer's scared to death she's going to run against him. AOC against Schumer in 2022. So they're going to make D.C. a state. I'm for D.C. voting in Maryland, not to be in another state, which would be two Democratic senators in perpetuity that make Puerto Rico a state. Uh, they're going to abolish the Electoral College, so South Carolina won't matter anymore to be New York, California, handful of states. They're going to pack the court, and it just goes on and on and on. Now, what's the insurance policy against all that is a Republican-controlled Senate. Now, imagine this. President Trump gets reelected. We keep the Senate. We've done about 250 judges in his first term. Three Supreme Court justices, I believe, before the election. Can you imagine four more years of picking judges? You have been a man of the law all your life. You were one of the greatest attorney generals in the history of the country. Can you imagine four more years of President mm-hmm. Trump picking judges, Supreme Court vacancies, and a uh, Republican-controlled Senate? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, re- I really, as I, as I encourage my audience, we need to come out in mass that everybody out there is a precinct worker. We can't rely on institutions at this point. We've got to do our jobs as patriots. Let me talk about the Supreme Court. And by the way, I want to encourage everybody listening, please go to Lindsey Graham's site. It's on my social sites, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. We must hold the Senate. And by God, if we can't hold South Carolina, we're going to have a hell of a bad night. Anyway, well, you know, so, we're uh, going to win. I just need your help. I want to win decisively. Yeah. I want to get that seat back in Charleston. We lost to Democrats, but I'm being outspent four or five to one. Close the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, on the Supreme Court, you don't need to educate my audience. We, we already know that uh, the Democrats' arguments are fraudulent. The president has the constitutional authority to do this. Tradition tells right. us. The Republican Senate has the authority. Tradition tells us. But I want to read you a headline that just came out tonight. At the Washington Examiner, leftist group plans a massively nasty campaign against Trump's nominee on a late Thursday afternoon conference call of the left-wing group Patriotic Millionaires. You know, the, the people, the men of the people. Group president Erica Payne urged activists to work against a coming Trump Supreme Court. They want to make it as ugly as possible. They got a former staffer to Harry Reid involved in this. Uh, and so that's what's going on. You expect this, really, don't you? 
Yeah, well, after Kavanaugh, why wouldn't you expect it? But here's what I expect. I expect if they take this fine woman, and it's going to be a woman. I don't know for sure who it's going to be, but I can tell you this. It will be a very highly qualified, good person, female constitutionalist uh, that will be more than well qualified for the court. And if they try to destroy her life like they did Kavanaugh to keep the seat open, there will be a backlash against them like there was with Kavanaugh. It will help keep the Senate and will help get President Trump uh, reelected. I don't know what they're up to, but after Kavanaugh, here's what I do believe. They're capable of doing anything. Mm-hmm. And lied. They lied through their teeth. And the media participated in it, Senator. Well, they were a co-conspirator. Can you imagine if this had been a Democratic nominee and the Republicans had treated the Democratic nominee the way we treated Kavanaugh? Three accusations that were anonymous were, were reported as if they were true. Uh, the Avenatti claim that this lady said, I went to nine or ten parties where Brett Kavanaugh in high schools, you know, uh, put uh, drugs in the punch and, and participate in gang rapes. Wouldn't one party be enough? Why would you go back nine or ten times? This made, like, no sense. They were trying to destroy the guy. We're arguing about a party in high school that nobody knew where it happened or when it happened, and the media fed it. They didn't ask any hard questions. Does this make sense? And Judge Kavanaugh took it. President Trump had the guts to not pull the plug on Justice Kavanaugh. And our uh, Republican majority delivered. Here's what I predict. We will have a hearing shortly um, after the nomination. We will have a hearing in the Judiciary Committee. We'll give Democrats a chance to ask hard questions. I will not tolerate the destruction of this fine lady's life. And we're going to see... Uh, where this thing goes. They try to destroy this nominee at their own peril. Now, you know their game plan. They're going to look for, uh, they're going to plant stories, and then they're going to say we need a delay, then we need an FBI investigation, and uh, yeah, on and I've on and on. I've you before, you know, yeah. like, I don't know if you've ever been to a proctologist, but uh, uh, all I can say I is... I try not like to. Judge, yeah, me either. So Judge Justice Kavanaugh had six background checks. The person to be picked by uh, President Trump will be a female. I think it will be somebody who's been recently vetted that was voted on by the Senate not that long ago. I don't know exactly who it will be, but there will be no reason to do a long background investigation. And, uh, you know, we're just updating the record from a few years ago, most likely, if he goes down the road I think he's going so here's what I can promise you, that the Republican members of the Judiciary Committee, Ted Cruz was awesome today explaining why we're doing things consistent with the Constitution, warning the public they're out to destroy this fine lady, whoever she may be. I just really believe they do this at their peril. Kavanaugh was the most distasteful thing I've seen since I've been in politics. And if they want to have a repeat performance, I think it blows up in their face. They say here the strategy outlined in a letter the group plans to send all Democratic senators, so you'll have this handy when they start, you know, would involve gumming up the Senate works in several ways in order to cause a massive headache for Republican senators who want to be in their home states campaigning for re-election. Specifically, they want to block the Senate from adjourning next Tuesday, repeatedly demand quorum calls, and will force at least 51 Republicans to be in the Senate chamber to conduct business, and so forth. All I can say is that the American people <clears throat> understand 
uh, that the president has the ability to pick a Supreme Court nominee. I think most people believe if the shoe were on the other foot, they would be doing exactly what we're doing. Most people don't buy into this drama that you're talking about. They're going to evaluate the nominee based on her capabilities and her qualifications. They're going to watch this hearing, and they're going to judge us all. And here's what I hope they see. A highly qualified, very talented, poised uh, woman ready to be a Supreme Court justice. Uh, and I hope they don't see a crazy mob on the left. But if they do see that crazy mob, I think they will take it out on them in November. And, you know, if they do delay or try to delay the hearings, seems to me, Senator, you can say, okay, we wanted to have hearings. You apparently don't. So we'll just bring right. the damn thing to the floor. <laughs> I'm in charge, okay? You're in I've, charge. I've worked hard. I've worked hard to get here. I've, uh, I've served in the Air Force for 33 years. I've been in the Senate. This is my fourth term. I've tried to be fair. I voted for Democratic nominees. I thought were qualified, even though I wouldn't have chosen them. I've tried to have a balance about the way I do business up here. We're in charge. President Trump won the election. With that comes the right to pick Supreme Court justices. We're not doing anything outside tradition here. We're going to conduct the hearings consistent with the rules of the Senate. Well, Senator, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I want to remind all the Levinites out there, we must hold the Senate. It's lindsaygram.com, lindsaygram.com. Anybody who can give the support, uh, give him support, that would be great. Anybody in the state who wants to volunteer, that would be great. All hands on deck. That's the way I view this, Senator. And good luck to you. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you in Jerusalem. See in Jerusalem. Thank you. And for those of you who don't know, he's been a huge supporter of the state of Israel, too. He has. And one of the people who wants him desperately to be reelected is the President of the United States. How do I know he's told me that? So the people of South Carolina, it's like the people everywhere in this country... This is a different kind of election. You may have certain disagreements and so forth. I don't want to hear it right now. I really don't want to hear it right now. We have a different, not an adversary, enemy. Enemy. The Democrat Party wants to destroy our country, our constitutional system. They want to destroy our lifestyles. They will destroy the future for our children and grandchildren. That's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. Now, I don't normally say this, but I'll say it to you right now. Vote straight Republican. Well, Mark, I thought, don't think that I don't understand what I'm saying. We have Republicans we don't like, we don't care for, who we don't, we don't think have done what they said they would do, and then we have our Constitution. This is a battle to save the Constitution. That's what it is. That's what it is. And I'm not a party man, except this time around. And we'll deal with the rest of it after. That's my strong advice to you. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Remember Hanoi, Hanoi Jane Fonda? See, they're starting to really reveal themselves now. You know who's going to campaign aside uh, next to uh, Hanoi? Hanoi Jane? Kamala Harris. And they accuse the president so absurdly of having a problem with the military. Tell me, what has Joe Biden ever done for the military? What has Kamala Harris ever done for the military? Nothing, not a damn thing other than screw them over. Kamala Harris is set to join Hanoi Jane at a Saturday virtual event held by progressive advocacy group Supermajority. The event, titled Supercharge, Women All In, will bring together thousands of women to laugh, sing, dance, and celebrate women's political power, according to the group's website. As the Free Beacon writes, Fonda traveled to North Vietnam in 1972 as part of an anti-war protest that saw her pose for photos with enemy troops on an anti-aircraft gun. And she was doing that while the Viet Cong and the North Vietnamese were torturing our soldiers. Which is why I find Cindy McCain's endorsement of Biden to be so repulsive. Shockingly repulsive. The photo sparked outrage among Vietnam veterans, earning her the nickname Hanoi Jane. Fonda's public appearances remain subject to controversy. A group of Ohio veterans called on the actress to donate her $83,000 speaking fee to the families of fallen soldiers ahead of a May appearance at Kent State University. Harris and Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden have criticized President Trump on veterans' issues, which is appallingly dishonest. Look what he's done to the VA and so forth. Harris promoted the roundtable in a tweet saying, American veterans, quote, sacrifice so much for our nation, deserve our respect and gratitude, both while on active duty and after. And there she is, openly, campaigning with Hanoi Jane. Fonda has long supported Kamala Harris financially, contributing nearly $6,000 to the Democrat Senate campaign since 2016. The actress also gave $1,000 to the Biden Victory Fund in June after donating a combined $10,300 to Senators Warren, Klobuchar, Democratic Governor Steve Bullock of Montana, Jay Inslee, Washington State, and billionaire Tom Steyer during the presidential primary. Saturday's event will also be attended by Warren, twice-failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, Bernie the Red Sanders, Eva Pelosi, the speaker, it will feature a, quote, yelling room where participants are encouraged to scream out their emotions, according to event organizers. 
Supermajority was launched in 2019 by a group of progressive activists, including Planned Parenthood president Cecil Richards and Black Lives Matter co-founder Alicia Garza. You can see how Black Lives Matter and Antifa are intertwined with the Democrat Party. You can see from the radicals of the past who are participating in this, like Hanoi Jane. You can see Bill Eyre, who is celebrating all this. Weather Underground, Students for Democratic Action. They're all back. The next generation is back, and they own the Democrat Party. They own it. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Bill O'Reilly, how are you, my friend? Good, Mark. How are you doing down there in Washington? Uh, Virginia, for God's sakes. Virginia. It's but... the same thing. It's the Beltway thing. Come no, on. no, honestly, I'm outside the Beltway. Way right. outside You're the Beltway. You're a little bit further south. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm uh, busy, you know, we got uh, the new book, we got the TV show, we got radio, so I'm kind of delirious, but uh, I'm up for your show, the Levin Show, I am up for it tonight. Killing Crazy Horse, first of all, Crazy Horse was quite a powerful soldier, explain Crazy Horse in your book. All right, so uh, this is the ninth killing book, the most successful nonfiction series of books of all time, which is staggering to me. I mean, I go, how did this happen? 17 million copies of my books in print. Wow. So this is the merciless Indian wars in America, and it goes 77 years from 1813 to about 1890. And I had to decide who was I going to put on the cover because it's not a book about Crazy Horse, but he's in the climactic battle with George Custer, as everybody knows. So who was he? He was the Minister of War for the Ogala Sioux Nation. He was not the chief. The chief was Sitting Bull. Sitting Bull never fought in a battle. He was the elder, and Crazy Horse was the guy who did all the fighting. Now, the Sioux, as I'm sure you remember, were a very powerful tribe in the upper Midwest, and their ancestral grounds are the Black Hills, um, where Mount Rushmore is now. 
And Crazy Horse actually has a monument a few miles away from um, Mount Rushmore. Anyway, the uh, American government, U.S. Grant, gave them a treaty where they could live in the Black Hills undisturbed. And as soon as they found gold in the Black Hills, guess what happened to that treaty? Mm -hmm. Right out the window. Mm -hmm. So Crazy Horse uh, went to war and won battle after battle after battle. And Grant said, who are we going to send in there to beat this guy? we got to get somebody crazier than him, and that was George Custer, a hero at Gettysburg, a young uh, colonel uh, who was uh, as flamboyant as Donald Trump, who wore a suede vest and a red cravat, flowing blonde hair, jaunty cap. He went out with a force of about 900 cavalry, and he thought he was going to kick some serious butt out there. Didn't turn out that way. In fact, it was really brutal, wasn't it? The Indian Wars in America were the most savage warfare in our history. Now, everybody thinks the Civil War was that. But in the Native American campaigns, very few prisoners were taken. You know why? Mm -mm. Because U.S. troops were told, if you run out of ammunition, you leave one bullet in the chamber. Ah. Because they would be tortured. They'd be scalped. They had a hundred ways of killing them, correct? You don't want to be captured by the Native American tribes. Mm -hmm. So every soldier knew. You run out of ammo, you leave the one bullet, you put the gun in your mouth. Now, has there ever been a campaign in North America like that? No. And on the other side, all the Indians knew. They could be captured at times, but they didn't know. Because at Washita and other campaigns, the soldiers came in and killed everybody. Mm -hmm. No Geneva Convention, no rules of war, because the emotion and the passion and the hatred was so deep in some of these campaigns that the generals could not control the warriors mm -hmm. on both sides. But here's something really fascinating we found out. Martin Dugard is my co-author on all the killing books. And we couldn't report the Battle of the Little Bighorn, Custer's Last Stand, um, from the white point of view, because there were no whites left. They were all dead. So nobody could tell you what happened. So we found this Sioux oral history that was passed down from generation to generation and finally written down decades later when the Indians assimilated somewhat, learned English to read and write. So we tell you the Battle of the Little Bighorn from the Sioux point of view. Do we, know, do we know what happened to Custer? This is a fascinating thing. So Custer split his force into three, which was a mistake. He led his men into the Indian village where there were 5,000 warriors waiting for him. He went, uh-oh. I got 300 guys. He tried to run away, but Crazy Horse had, knew he was going to do that and had blocked his way, and the fight starts. Custer and Crazy Horse never met, but they knew about each other, and they respected each other. So on the battlefield, it took 40 minutes for the Sioux to kill every white man, including new, two newspaper reporters, all right? And there was only one body not mutilated. Custer. Crazy yeah. Horse ordered his warriors not to touch the body. He said, you can kill him, don't touch him. 
Hmm. And when this massacre was discovered, a short time later, because their two other battalions didn't come to Custer's aid when they could have, Reno and Benteen, they were so afraid that they wouldn't go in to try to save Custer. And both of the men were charged with crimes, both those colonels. Did they have enough troops if they went in? Uh, They probably would have lost, but they might have been able to give Custer a pathway out of there. Mm -hmm. And that's what he was depending on. He thought he was going to be rescued, but he wasn't. So all of this is so fascinating because there's always a reason behind it. And we bring in Andrew Jackson, U.S. Grant, Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, Wild Bill Hickok. They're all in this mosaic of the 77-year war, which, of course, culminated in the defeat of all the Indian tribes and the pacification of the West so that the United States could then form the states uh, that make up the 50 in the Union. This is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Folks, you can get the book Killing Crazy Horse uh, on Amazon.com. Also, we have a post on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. I, I strongly recommend it. I haven't read it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to read it, just to be you're, perfectly you're honest. Like it. And, and there's two things that we tie in right to today. One, nobody knows anything about this because public schools are afraid to teach it. Mm-hmm. Because if you are a history teacher or a principal in a school, and somebody objects to it, you're going to be canceled. So they, mm-hmm. they go from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War to Teddy Roosevelt. Well, wait, 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 wait. what happened? Where? So you're never going to learn about it in public school because they're petrified, the school teachers, to even mention anything about Native Americans because we live in this, this era. The second thing is that the far left, and you've talked about it on your broadcast many times, is trying to wipe out our whole history mm-hmm. and our whole tradition. They're trying to bring down um, Mount Rushmore. They want you to hate George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. All the founding fathers were white supremacists. Look what they did to the slaves. Look what they did to the Native Americans. It's not that cut and dried. Mm-mm. There's a lot of different things that went into settling the West. And we play it right down the middle, just the facts. And after you read this book, you'll be armed to debate the propaganda that's all over the place now. Mm -hmm. And it drives me crazy as a historian to see, and I know what the plan is. It's a Mao plan. The Cultural Revolution in China wiped out every vestige of Chinese history and Chinese tradition. So the communists could start from scratch. That's exactly mm-hmm. what the Black Lives Matter movement and other anarchistic movements want to do right today. I could not agree more. Now let me ask you this. This election, look, maybe you don't know. How do you feel this is going to play out? I can't make a prediction. I'll be able to do that five days before the vote, as I did four years ago, and I, I called it correctly. I'll be able to see internal polling then. I can tell you now that it's a dead heat, all right? Um, And the debate next Tuesday night will be the most important day in the campaign. Not because Wallace is going to be able to ask questions that are going to get answered. They're not going to get answered. 
If you look at the debate format, Wallace opens up with uh, President Trump because he's the president, asks him a question. It'll be a tough question, most likely about the Supreme Court. He was going to ask about COVID, but I think that's been overridden now by the Supreme Court. But then the president has two minutes uninterrupted to say anything he wants. So if he doesn't want to answer the question, he doesn't have to. He can wander anywhere. He could sing Mac the Knife. Huh? He could do anything he wanted. And Wallace has got to sit there. And, not, and then he can come back two minutes later and go, well, you didn't answer the question, but what's the point? Now, Biden's got the same advantage. I don't even know if Biden's going to be able to understand the question. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that in any kind of frivolous manner. But if you look at the pattern of behavior for the last six months on Joe Biden, three days a week, he doesn't know what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what's coming out of his mouth. And if that happens a week, well, next Tuesday, all right, if that happens, if Biden's not lucid, shows mental acuity that is disturbing, Trump wins the election. I I think they're taking time off the trail to try and get him to memorize a few lines. But it won't matter. Yeah. Because Trump is a disruptor. Okay, so if Trump is true to himself, which he always has been, he'll do what he did to little Marco. He'll do what he did to Lion Ted. He'll do what he did to Boring Jeb. He'll turn to Biden and he'll just throw missile after missile after missile at him. And Biden can memorize anything he wants. Mm -hmm. But when you got Trump bearing down on you and the way Trump does, it's it's brutal. How how do you? The media obviously hate Trump, and they're promoting yeah, Biden. Everybody knows yeah. that now. But okay. here's my question to you: A Biden win would look like what? In the in, debate. In the debate. Okay, I wrote a book called "Killing Reagan." Mm-hmm. After Reagan was shot and almost died, his mental acuity declined. We documented it, and there were days where he could not perform his job as president. Ronald Reagan made a miraculous, and I use that word literally, comeback, and became one of the great presidents of the 20th century. If Biden shows he's lucid and can put together a thought pattern that makes sense, he then will become the front runner. Because unfortunately, and I am in the camp that thinks that Donald Trump's policies, particularly economically, have benefited this country greatly. Mm -hmm. I'm also in the camp that believes that Joe Biden will not stand up to the far left if he's Mm -hmm. elected. Mm -hmm. He'll let them run crazy. That's what I believe as an American. But I know there are millions of people, particularly women, who are disturbed by the president's pomposity, aggressive nature, and if they if you give them a valid way out, they may take it. But Biden is about the shakiest presidential candidate I've ever seen. And I've been doing this for almost 47 years. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a candidate, including Michael Dukakis, shakier than Joe Biden. And the press can cover for him and make excuses, but we're going to see it. And this is going to be the most widely watched debate in history. Bill, you're a terrific guest. And this sounds like a great book, Killing Crazy Horse, which we're going to get. Amazon.com, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. I want to strongly encourage you to check it out. 
and we're going to have you back. I appreciate it. Anytime, Mark, and I really appreciate you helping me out with the book. Very My kind pleasure, of you. and God bless you. He and I become quite friendly. Can you tell, Mr. V? It's amazing you got transition, but that's the way it is. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. I don't have enough time to do it justice, and justice is what's necessary here, but the Michael Flynn case has taken another turn, and I want to spend some time on it tomorrow. This poor guy and his family, my God, they were set up early on, early on. And so I want to give this the time that it, it uh, compels, and we will do that tomorrow. Uh, and General Flynn deserves our 100% support. Let me tell you, uh, folks, something, and also the publishers around the country. I have promoted more authors and more books because I think the authors and the books deserve them than any nationally syndicated host in America. And the publishers are pouring out book after book after book in the lead-up to this election. And we have a few more authors and and books that I want to talk to you about uh, in the next few weeks. But I don't know why the publishers decided that they had to get all these books out in two, three months before the election, but I will tell you this. My focus is on the election. My focus is spreading the word. That's what it is. And so while I have outstanding authors and outstanding books to talk about on this program, I can't bring them all on. Mr. Producer, it's five or ten a week, is it not? And so this is what the publishers have decided. So we have to make decisions, which means some people I'm acquainted with aren't going to like my decisions. Well, you can contact other nationally syndicated hosts, too. And so while we're going to sprinkle these authors and books over the next week or 10 days, beyond that, we have to stop. Because our focus has to be 100% where I want it to be. And we are continuing to have candidates on this show in districts that we can win and win back. Because I'm still committed to trying to get the House back, holding the Senate, and getting our president reelected. But I just wanted to make that public announcement now. We do the best we can, but we can't accommodate everybody. It's just the nature of the beast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank all you Levinites out there. 
Just become strong and resolute. Do what we talked about in hour one and two, and we'll win this thing. I'll see you tomorrow, right here. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 